0: I'm Reverend Nicole Riley, a clergy coach who helps you do one of the most important jobs there is without losing yourself. Welcome to the Clergy Wellness Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 33, Wanting What You Have. And before we jump in, I want to let you know about a free five-day video course on helping you deal with stress as we go into a stressful time of the year with Lent coming up to sign up and receive these videos and then you watch them when you want. Each is under 10 minutes. You're going to text the word wellness to 66866 and all that's in the show notes. So let's go ahead and jump in. I have always been one of those people who likes goal setting, who's looking toward what's next. Uh, I like goals, I like adventures, I like the next thing. That's just how I'm wired. But one of the things I've learned in my life in ministry is that my day-to-day happiness is all about wanting what I already have. The work I have, the family I have, the body I have the house I have, the day-to-day life that I have. We all have a list of wants. We may want a new opportunity in ministry, or we may want less chaos in life. We may want a trip or a set of commentaries or a car, or whatever it is we want. And in our wanting, we can get energy and excitement for what's next. So I'm not saying that... We shouldn't want the next thing. What I am saying is that when we also focus on wanting what we already have, life is richer, better, and more satisfying. I have found that when I give equal time to wanting what I have, focusing on it, focusing on the things that I already have, I become more confident and I feel happier. I like this quote. It's from Albert Camus. He writes, If there is a sin against life, it consists perhaps not so much in despairing of life as in hoping for another life and in eluding the implacable grandeur of this life. Here is why wanting what you already have matters. Number one, being satisfied with what we already have builds a great foundation for what's next. I think sometimes that we believe that if we're satisfied with what we already have, that we won't put time and energy into growing. But I found actually just the opposite. I found that if we appreciate what we have, if we want what we have, we look forward to our future without a sense of lack. Feeling our lives are less than leaves us feeling we are less than. If we want to build from a place of having enough, from plenty, which enables us to have a much more open-handed, instead-of-grasping, stance toward life. When I look around and I see how many wonderful things and people and experiences have already been part of my life, I relax and can trust what God is doing as I move into what is next. As you think about a new church opportunity or new opportunities in the rest of your life, Start with wanting what you already have. Number two, wanting what you already have connects you to compassion for yourself and for others. I don't know about you, but the more I often want is connected with myself. I want to eat better, I want to exercise more, I want to get more sleep. I want to have more patience. I want to spend less energy on things that don't really matter. But when I spend my time with this idealized version of who I think I should be, I actually miss who I am right now. And if this is a consistent issue in our lives, measuring myself and coming up short, I not only miss who I am now, but I undermine my relationship with myself and also with any possible change. What happens is, when we feel badly about ourselves, the resources that we need to actually bring about change, like believing in ourselves, are at a minimum. Instead, appreciating ourselves in all our imperfection allows us to enjoy our life now. I'm dealing with this right now. I am on a new medication and it has had some side effects. Um, some weight gain and some bone pain are two of them. And I'm working on both of them with diet and exercise. But I'm also not letting these things about my current reality frustrate me too much. I'm looking at myself differently and I'm having compassion for myself. I'm taking care of myself and that is helping me enjoy life now, even as I get ready to move forward. Now this works with other people too. If I can accept people just as they are, not needing to change them, I can have compassion for who they are, not who I wish they'd be. Right now I am dealing with my 87-year-old father who has been ill and is staying with me for a couple of days. And I'm working to think about this. He is who he is and is not the ideal of who I wish he would be. When I accept that, that enables me to show him compassion. And it also shows me compassion because it helps me see that as I allow allow him to be who he is in all his humanity, I also get to be who I am with my abilities to care for him and where my skill and desire and to care for him. Wanting what you have connects you to compassion for yourself and for others. Number three, wanting what you have helps you to enjoy the daily small joys of life. I am a big tea drinker and one of my daily pleasures when I make tea for myself is smelling the tea in the canister before I make it. It is a small pleasure. I used to run right past it as I worked to make the tea quickly, but now I slow down, and there are some teas I just love smelling them. They just smell so amazing. As I work on wanting what I have, I find there are lots of small joys that feed my soul and nourish my spirit. Here are some of those small joys from my week. The warm shower, the flannel sheets, the color in the garden, The dog as I write. He sits next to me and keeps me company. If I focus on wanting what I already have, these small things become daily gifts. And the reason this matters to me is it helps me be fed by my life instead of just always feeling like my life is about me giving and giving. You know, as clergy, we spend a lot of our time caring about other people. We create sermons, we do for the community, and as we pour out, we may sometimes ask, what pours into us? These small things, a walk on the lawn barefoot, the smell of Earl Grey tea, the hand soap that smells like spring, these things pour into us and give us the comfort, support, and sustenance we need. Sometimes these small things connect us and ground us. They can amuse us and bring us joy. I have a treadmill that I use quite regularly. And about a year ago, we moved it into a different room. Now it sits in front of a window. And one of the things I've grown to love is watching these small yellow birds. They are called American goldfinches. And they are in the big pine tree that's opposite the window. It is crazy to say this, maybe, but this daily joy feeds in my spirit and helps me show up more fully in my life. So, wanting what you have helps you to enjoy the daily small joys. Number four, wanting what you have lets you see the good you might be missing. We are wired to notice what isn't working, what is wrong, and what we don't like, which is good and fine till it takes over your life. Wanting what you have actually helps you notice what you have and how good it actually is. Sure, there can be things that are hard, things maybe at the church right now that are hard, things in your personal life that may be hard. Of course there is. We all deal with this. But the more we put our intention on what isn't working, the more of that we see, and the less of the good we have the ability to notice. It's just how our brain is functioned. Few of us pause and notice the roof over our head or the clean drinking water we have access to, but we should What else might we see when we focus on wanting what we have? Here's my list today. A refrigerator, a working car, a hose to water the garden that's extra long, a husband who brings me tea, the men working on the house next door who are making the community nicer. Now on each of these, I could have focused on the negative piece about it. For example, The refrigerator does need a good cleaning and the car does need to be washed and the men doing the work start early in the morning with loud machines. It's my choice how I see it. And when I want what I have, I find there are more good things than I can count. Number five, we have to cultivate wanting what we have. In other words, we need to cultivate... Wanting what we have because it is our natural tendency just to start taking things for granted. Texas Tech University psychologist Jeff Larson and Amy McKibben of Wichita State University asked undergraduates to indicate whether they possessed 52 different material items, such as a car or stereo or a bed. The results, which appeared in psychological science, suggest that people can grow accustomed to their possessions and thereby derive less happiness from them. They also suggest, however, that people can continue to want the things they have and that those who do so achieve greater happiness. Simply having a bunch of things is not a key to happiness, researcher Larson says. Our data shows that you also need to appreciate those things you have. It's important to keep your desire for things you don't own in check. So, how can you want what you have? Not only the material things, but the relationships you have, as well as the church ministry you're doing. It won't happen naturally. You actually have to work at it. So we have to cultivate wanting what we have. So let me review all five of these and see which one jumps out at you as a helpful piece as you think about this topic. Number one, being satisfied with what we already have builds a great foundation for what's next. Number two, wanting what you have connects you to compassion for yourself and others. Number three, Wanting what you have helps you enjoy the daily small joys. Number four, wanting what you have lets you see the good you might be missing. And number five, we have to cultivate wanting what we have. I wanted to share this topic with you because it's something I've been thinking about as I've been watching my own life and also as I've been watching the people in my life. I was noticing how easy it was for me to miss the daily small joys and to take them as just givens. When I took a moment to really want them, my appreciation was rekindled and my joy and wonder for life was increased. I also noticed that a couple people in my life who have a lot of appreciation for what they already have We're noticeably happier, more peaceful, and more relaxed. So I hope that this topic helps you just to pause a little and think about your life. To think about the ministry that God has given you, the body you find yourself in, the family that is around you, the friends you have, the skills you have. And to see them as not lesser than or not enough, but just exactly what you need to have in this time. I know this has always been a struggle for me, mostly because of just how I'm wired, right? I just am looking for the next thing and to grow and to learn and all those things. And I'm not making myself wrong about that at all. In fact, I really appreciate that about myself. But I have found that as I've been working on this, as I've been thinking about this a little more, as I've been working to slow down and appreciate what I already have, the family I have, the body I have, the house I have, the life I have, then I'm actually more settled and more able to think about what might be next from a, a posture of having enough and not feeling like something else is going to make my life better. I think sometimes this is what happens to us. We think that just around the corner, we're going to be enough. We're going to be happy. We're going to have the right church or the right marriage or the right car. But really, life doesn't work like that at all. And I think the longer we live, the more we see that. Life is about learning to enjoy what we have now. Not because it's all we're going to get, but because really whatever's next springs out of our appreciation of what we have now. And God's entrusted us with a certain number of skills and gifts and wisdom and insight. And as we appreciate that about ourselves, as we build on that, we open the doors, I think, for so much more that God can do. So look at how you might just 1% more appreciate, know, Want what you already have and see what that does for your life and for your ministry. Wellness practice of the week. This is where I share something with you that you can do this week to increase your wellness. And I wanted to build on what we just were talking about by inviting you to make a list of what you want this year. Maybe it's a family vacation. Maybe you want more leaders at the church. Maybe you're looking at something in your personal life you'd like to change, like more time for prayer or exercise. Make a list. And when you have your list... Take some time to put the things on your list that you already have that you still want. So your list isn't just about what you want and don't have. Your list is about what you want and do have. So, for example, if I made this list, it would look something like the things that I want but I don't yet have, uh, more time to work in the garden, additional time for reading and resting, additional clients and churches to coach. Also on my list of things that I want that I already have, my car, time that I set aside for writing and podcasting, friends, daily walking, and a good marriage. The balance helps us remember that much of what we have was once our hopes and our dreams. These were once the things that we wanted but didn't have. Reclaiming what we have as something we also want reminds us of our blessings. So make a list of what you want this year and include things that you want that you already have. What is making this week good? This is where I talk about what I am enjoying in my life with the hope that you will see those good things in your week too. So I'll just be honest and say I've been pretty overwhelmed lately. Um, My dad has been in the hospital. He's been sick for about three weeks and uh, he's older. He's 87 and he's very independent and he... uh, got out of the hospital this week and now we're looking at kind of what are the next pieces for him. And this is my first time dealing with this. um, And figuring all this out is just, it's not a skill set. It's not a skill set I have. So I have been um, trying to figure that out and trying to be gentle with myself as I figure that out and know that I'm not going to be able to figure it all out perfectly. So One of the pieces of this was I was a little overwhelmed with getting my dad home and getting things set up here. He's going to be here for uh, just a couple days, but um, long enough for uh, me to need to give him some food and drinks that I usually don't have at my house. And I thought, how am I going to get all this food that he needs and also deal with him and get him settled and and um, help him just feel a little more comfortable (laughs) And as I was thinking about this, I thought to myself, what about getting groceries delivered? Now, I've never done that before. Um, My husband does most of the grocery shopping in our family, and so he enjoys it. And I'll tell you the truth, when I go, I kind of enjoy it, too, to get out and walk around. It's nice. Um, But I thought, you know what, let me look at Amazon Prime and see how that works. And so I ordered exactly what I needed. It was easy to find it. it, came two hours later. I have never had groceries delivered, but I can tell you, taking those 10 minutes and ordering what I needed instead of going to the store, it made a huge difference in my week because it made my week easier. And sometimes when your week is easier, that is what makes your week good. So that was one of these weeks for me. So. I hope you look around you and see what is good in your week. And if you're struggling like I was this week, I hope you make some choice that makes things a little easier for you. Mindfulness Meditation. Now, before we jump in, I want to invite you again to sign up for the free video course. It's uh, five short videos to help you deal with stress. Think about it in what I think is a, a fresh new way. All you have to do is to text the word wellness to 66866. And once you do that, it'll respond and ask you for your email address. And then that signs you up. And I send those out every Monday. So whenever you sign up that next Monday, you would start getting them. And you can, of course, watch them in a way that works for you. So as we take a time for mindfulness, take a moment to relax. You can do that by being fully present in this time, looking around you in whatever way grounds you in this season. And remember who you are. You are God's beloved. And remember in whose image you were created, the image and likeness of God. And I want to read you two quotes uh, as we talked about our topic today. These were quotes that um, came to mind. Uh, One was out of the study that we looked at and one was out of a, a popular song. Um, so I'm going to read both of those and give you a little space to kind of breathe them in and think about how they uh, speak to you today. So the first is from Rabbi Haman Satchel, who was born in 1954. And he said, Happiness is not having what you want, but wanting what you have. Happiness is not having what you want, but wanting what you have. And then the singer and songwriter Cheryl Crow, who said, it's not having what you want. It's wanting what you got. It's not having what you want. It's wanting what you got. I think these quotes remind us that many times in our lives we have things that we're not particularly excited about but how in the midst of life do we live with those and want the many things that we have remember these words and may they give you life Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. I invite you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I really appreciate those of you who do. It really encourages me. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Nicole Riley Coaching. And find out how to work with me as a clergy coach, a life coach, and a social media manager at my website, NicoleRiley.com. My book is Expanding the Expedition Through Digital Ministry, and it's on Amazon. And I invite you today to make the important choice to embrace a life of wellness. See you next week.